Please be advised that this episode may contain strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to What the Forks, a podcast in which we revisit a teenage obsession, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. We're still finding out if our love for this series will shine eternal or crumble to ash under close inspection. I'm Chloe. And I'm Isaac. And in this episode, we're talking about chapter 20 of Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined. So, we're back. We had a week off. Not that any of you will have noticed because our episodes will we have never been... should have yeah. mentioned it. <laughs> but we had a week's break and it was very refreshing. And now we're back. I feel like we're both a bit more energised. I can see, you know... The light has returned yeah. to our arms. <laughs> I think I've just appreciated what we had and what we have in this podcast. Right. Maybe I'm just already nostalgic for the time gone because when we last recorded, I was on furlough. And while I am thrilled to be back at work, genuinely because the routine is much better for my mental health. (laughs) At the same time, I work in a customer service environment, and I just want to put it out there. If you are going out just to browse around shops without any intention of actually purchasing anything, and you're going to choose to not wear a mask, and you're going to choose to not respect social distance guidelines... You're scum. It's been a frustrating Yeah, week. people suck. I'm so sorry. Nah, it's not just me. Like, I am very, very lucky to have been able to step away from my job for lockdown and just incredibly grateful and, frankly, in awe of those on, obviously, all of the front lines of our medical services, but also those who are keeping our essential businesses and services running and have been. Because it's amazing, and I don't know how you have the patience, because mm. I would have potentially committed a murder. <laughs> the British public have no common sense. Mm-mm. I must say, though, I have already booked my hair appointment. Have you? Yeah, for the 10th of July. I couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, look at me. Look at this mess. It doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. You have got it pushed back and it's tied up in this lovely kind of gift wrap situation you've got going yes, on. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I look like Minnie Mouse. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Minnie Mouse. This lockdown has not been easy on any of us, but you look just like just Minnie like Mouse. Minnie. There are worse people to look like. There are far worse people to look like. Yeah. Betty Boop, such a sex symbol, but her head, it's frightening. Yeah, because her eyes are literally on the sides of her face. Yes. That's what I'm going to look like by the time we make it to 2021. (laughs) I'll be so jealous if you look like Betty Boop and I stay like Minnie Mouse. Are you kidding? No, we. Ju- I, this is my point. I'm saying that it's better to look like Minnie no. Mouse than Betty Boop. You are a sex symbol and I... At first you're like, oh my God, a giant mouse. And then you go, no, look, really sweet. Look at those massive gloves. Yeah. Uh, whereas Betty Boop, you'd be like, ooh, wow, wow. And then the closer you get, it's like, what the fuck is going on with your eyes? I mean, I don't know if you should trust a mouse who's wearing massive gloves. That's a bit creepy but you can trust a big mouse who wears polka dots because no one bad wears polka dots cruella deville now i just think she's misunderstood (laughs) look out for cruella deville Would you like to tell me what goes on in chapter 20, Impatience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a bit of a messy plot 
So I apologise. Because of you or because of Smyre? I would like to blame it on her, but I don't think it's the truth. (laughs) 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 Okay, I just want to recap that in chapter 19, we ended with Archie and Jessamine putting Bo into the car and them escaping Forks. So we start chapter 20, Impatience with Bo waking up in a hotel room. The hotel is situated near the airport just in case they need to make an escape from Phoenix. We learn that Victor has stopped chasing Bo's truck and has been snooping around Forks instead, being around the high school and the Swan residence. Edith, Kareen and Eleanor are chasing Joss north. Archie admits that he has seen Bo become a vampire and explains the process of becoming a vampire. Archie gets the infamous vision with the Room of Mirrors. Joss's plans have changed. For now, Edith and the gang believe she's coming back to Forks. Bo recognises Archie's drawing as the ballet studio where René used to teach a couple of classes. Bo leaves a message on René's answer machine back at his house just in case she arrives home early. And Bo eventually falls asleep. quite a long chapter but when you just distill it down to that huh. we just learn a lot about the other characters and what they're doing which sounds a lot more fun than where we are in this yeah. chapter like i quite enjoyed it and i didn't realize because normally i would get impatient with the uh, <laughs> lack of momentum for the actual story but i did i really enjoyed this. I enjoyed parts, yeah. I'd like to start off by just letting everyone know it's no longer Sunday. <gasps> yes! yes! So it was a little bit hard at first because Bo does this thing that he's done before where he describes the situation he's currently in and then almost in flashback describes what's come before. But I believe currently in the hotel room we are at Tuesday the 22nd of March 2005 and... This whole chapter takes place in a day because it ends with him falling asleep that evening. We think. Is that not what happens? Well, he does fall asleep, but we don't know if it's going to be for the whole day. Oh, true. Yes, he falls asleep waiting. Because when he wakes up in this chapter, it's 3am and then he eats. Yes. And he doesn't say what he eats. And I (laughs) want to know. Yeah. Bella did the same thing. They are so stressed and traumatised that they eat without realising what they're eating. And I'm like, I I get the emotion you're describing and I get how (laughs) fraught the situation is. But I just need to know whether at 3am is he eating like cold chips and that's like a burger what I bun? Have. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Did she eat that in the movie or something? Because that's what I have in my head very clearly. I don't think she eats anything in the movie. I want to know whether he's is he eating like some kind of Danish or like a croissant. And it's not going to be breakfast. It's three a.m. Oh, that's true, actually. And the food has been sitting there for a very long time. Gross. Yeah. All the congealed fat from that meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> So, it's 3am and Archie makes Bo eat because he's like, oh yeah, Edith said you might need to do that. But then there's there's a weird moment where Archie comes into the room knowing Bo has woken up and he goes, oh, you know, you must be hungry, are you thirsty? And Bo goes, I'm okay, how about you? Weird! Don't ask the vampire if he's thirsty! Yeah. I don't want to know if you're thirsty and I'm the only human in this hotel room. I love Archie in this chapter, and we've really enjoyed him anyway in this book, but Archie explaining his concept of time. So cool! So cool! And how... 
he has already experienced so many things with Bo that he knows that they're already friends. So that's his attitude. And what a weird kind of sensation, but props to Maya where it's deserved. It's really nicely explained and you really kind of get it. This idea of as soon as Bo is on the horizon... Archie is missing the friend that he's never had because he's aware, like he has felt he's that already relationship. experienced all of these emotions and and memories. It's beautifully this done. This is good. Yeah. yeah, this is really good. But then we hear more about Archie's first moments after being changed. And he says he believes he could have been in prison. Not a mental hospital like Alice. Ooh. Like, oh, why? okay, I hadn't thought of that. Like, why does it have to be different just because he's a man? Maybe it's not. Because remember, we didn't know that Alice was in an asylum until James told us. Yes. We just knew that Alice didn't know. Yeah, whereas Archie has some memories, like, scattered and has put things together, like his hair. But I, I imagine that we will discover in a later chapter that he was in an asylum and that is where his head was shaved. Mm. Also, I doubt Maya would ever let any of her good characters be criminals because, you know, even Edith and Edward... Uh, true, this has to be like a morality. Yeah, yeah. I only killed murderers and rapists and still I feel really guilty about it. Is your burning question about this hairstyle? No. No? No. Then I have a question. Mm. Archie's hair gives him a clue as to his behaviour in the 1920s or his situation. Does vampire hair not grow? We've already had this conversation. Have we? Yeah. And we said no, it can't because you freeze. Oh. Because Archie does have really short like, oh yeah, he's got yeah. the buzz cut. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess I just assumed that that was a choice that he maintained. Because how can your hair grow if nothing else in your body is changing? Yeah, or moving or working. And because in this universe, when you change, you are the best you could ever look. Your nails will be perfect and not chipped. And... So like royal with his long hair. I guess he could cut it, but then they would be cutting it forever. Or would it just not be cut? Or would it cut and then he'd wake up the next day and it would have grown back? How would it grow back though? I don't know. Yeah, it's no, it's if you're frozen, magic. you're frozen. <laughs> Venom witch doctor in the corner. So if you're a vampire, you don't have to like pluck your eyebrows or no and i'm guessing for a woman all your hair would fall out on your legs and armpits and vagina why do you assume that because in this patriarchal society that this book is set in women need to be hairless to be attractive so unless i guess the vampire world goes you are your best self and you look like the yeti it's never mentioned maybe all of the female vampires have very hairy legs and very hairy armpits and it cannot be shaved because (laughs) it's obviously like super strong and so like a normal human razor would just break. Wow. Do you think the only way, you know how like, so how, if, if I wanted to cut off a vampire's hand, I couldn't do it with any human weapon, too strong. Only a vampire's teeth can do it. Do you think that Archie has to use his teeth to shave Jessamine's legs? Do you think they help each other? It's like every week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you did like a little like nibbling, like chipmunky kind of motion where I was doing more of like a scraping, like (laughs) just trying to run your top teeth into someone's armpit. No, I just think they're all hairless. 
You know the alternate universe where in the sunlight they all look like Nicolas Cage? <laughs> do, you think, do you think that in the sunlight you see the body hair the way it really is? Oh my but God. out of and the like, sunlight. It's like, it's like Rapunzel in the sunlight yes. because they haven't been able to do anything for it like a hundred years. Yes. Wow. The way they naturally and, and should be. And for Bo, that is like the epitome of being like in the sunlight. It's just <laughs> Nicolas Cage with his You've conflated the Nicolas Cage universe with the body hair universe. I didn't think they were one. It has to be one. Also, I want to point out that it's bullshit patriarchy that is making us even giggle at the idea of hairiness being beautiful. It absolutely is. No, it's not. We're laughing at like really long hair that is being plaited all the way to the other end of the meadow. Okay, yeah, that's funny regardless. That's funny. If you are hairy, love it. I wish I could do it. I hate the fact that I feel I have to shave. Because if I have hairy legs, and I get, I mean, my legs get pretty hairy after like four or five days. And it's the same with the girls I live with and we're all really close friends, but we all apologise to one another. Like, oh, I'm really sorry, my, ha- my legs are really hairy. And you're like, oh, which is such shit. a shame. I know. Yeah. And they don't give a shit, but you feel like you have to apologise for it. Imagine, imagine just like, oh, I'm sorry, my hands are showing. <laughs> Well, when you're a woman and you get to a certain age, you do. (laughs) God, we need to topple this society. Burn it down, start again. So I'm not saying being hairy is funny, but I'm saying when your hair on your armpits reaches the other side of the meadow, that's funny. And your face is Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. The other thing about this that I love... The way Archie talks about his partner, her power, the way that he's like, she is the baddest bitch. Yeah. Is so cool. And then we get Bo's curiosity mm. about oh, I didn't like Jessamine's this. backstory. Oh my God, I loved it. I mean, I don't want Bo to know. Totally fine. Keep him in the dark. But tell me. Oh, I love it. So Bo wants to know what Jessamine's backstory is. And Jessamine says... You're not ready for that bow, believe me. Uh, and I'm like, you are so cool. <laughs> Especially because in our fantasy cast for the movie, it's Zendaya. Zendaya. Yeah. And you know her line reading of that, I can hear it, should be so good. I took it as lazy writing. Really? Uh, that's because you want her to deal with how Jessamine could have been a soldier in the Confederate yeah. Army. I do. I don't know. I don't really care. Yes, I do accept it's a bit of a lazy Mm -hmm. sidestep, but it works with Jessamine's character. Okay. I like people telling Bo what he's not ready for. (laughs) I like people putting Bo down. This book... What I've enjoyed the most is the gender reversal of the Cullens. I find them more interesting. And in this chapter, not only do we learn a bit about Archie, we learn a little bit about Jessamine. Like, Archie had to wait 28 years in order to meet Jessamine, because otherwise she'd have killed him. Sexy. Yes. We learn Corrine was bitten on the hand to make it even more painful. Yes. We learn Royal left his parents and two sisters behind when he was shamed yes 
We didn't know that. We I, we weren't told that Rosalie had brothers. Is that what you mean? I don't... Well, I think she might have had siblings. I can't remember, but she was obsessed with her friend's baby. And she was desperate to be a mother. Is Royal going to be obsessed with being a father? Well, we're never going to know, are we? Because this book doesn't cover that. I just wonder why the sisters... Mm. Knowing what we know about Rosalie's story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether the idea would be to have the sisters be the victims and have Royal almost killed while playing some kind of hero. Oh, see, in my head, it, it would probably be a similar situation to what we had with Bo earlier on. He would be mugged, killed. Yeah, maybe. But now, now you've mentioned the sisters because you think that she deliberately does these things. There must she be a reason. There's never you... a reason. I'm just going to pop that in there just because I fucking can. Ten year anniversary. Woo woo. <laughs> I have to believe that if she has laid her delicate fingers upon the keys and created these words from her brain, there has to be some kind of rationale behind it, however irrational that rationale might be. <laughs> Bo says regarding Archie's face. I was just about to say this. There was something better than perfection. Yeah. It was totally pure. Yeah, Archie's face is pure. Couldn't possibly be a criminal. (laughs) He's so pure. I just love that Bo is just having that little reflection about how better than perfection. If you'll remember, Edith was described as perfection, but Archie is better than perfection. Ooh! Kiss him! (laughs) Just kiss him! When Archie has kind of described that becoming a vampire means leaving all of your family behind and how painful that is, then Bo realises, you know, what that would mean and leaving Charlie and, and how upsetting that would be. And then he's like, Edith didn't want me to realise all of this for some reason. It's for that exact reason that you've just figured out. Like, you you just figured this out. I mean, Bo's stupidity... Doesn't surprise me anymore. But it's it's this stupid thing that Bella and Edward always used to do. Oh, there's just this tiny hint that maybe they actually want the best for me, but I'm going to choose to see this as they hate me and never want to be with me. <laughs> While still remaining with me. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But to be fair, if I were Beau, I would think that too, because he's just a drip. So. Oh, okay, fair, yeah. If you were as wet and inconsequential. <laughs> Beau is wet and inconsequential. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it's so funny because before we recorded, we were like, we're good people, we're nice. <laughs> then um, the phone call. Bo yanks the phone out of Archie's hand, and I just thought, rude. Well, so that's a vampire. He can break your fucking hand, so be careful. We've switched from men to women when it comes to our main players, and they're so much cooler. Because when it was James, and he's escaped the view of Edward and Carlisle, it's because he's got on a plane. And why has he done that? Why has he got on this plane? Whereas Joss hasn't got on a plane. She stole a small plane. (laughs) not booked a ticket on a plane <laughs> she's not sat in coach she can fly a plane, she fly a plane. and she has stolen a plane <laughs> that is not something you do without drawing some attention <laughs> i don't think joss could handle being around so many humans though well maybe that's it yeah could you imagine her getting on a really full plane 
then at the end of it. In Twilight, genuinely, I remember having the image where it's like it looks like he got on a plane and trying to imagine James like in the queue waiting for his gate to be called <laughs> and like <laughs> flicking through magazines, <laughs> thinking about getting anything from duty free. And then I think I found another typo. Oh. Unless there's a phrase here, a popular saying that I'm not familiar with. <laughs> Edith says to Bo, you don't have to worry. You've left no trail for her to follow. You just have to stay with Archie and wait till we find her again. Archie will get a bead on her soon enough. <laughs> That's not a phrase, is it? A bead. I'm going to get a bead on her. It's lead, right? Yeah. So then Bo recognises Archie's drawing of the ballet studio and it's like, oh yeah, Rene used to teach there a couple of times when I was a little kid. Because he couldn't possibly do classes himself because he is a man. Uh, I had forgotten about this until I was about halfway through this chapter. And then I was like, wait a minute, what are they going to do? Is it going to be like a skate park? He could have done dance classes. He could have done dance classes. Yeah. But then I thought, uh, to be honest, it was a lose-lose situation for Smyre because <laughs> first I was like, oh, it's going to be like a skate park. And then I was like, oh no, it's going to be a dance studio, but he's going to have done hip hop. But then to be honest, this was the, yeah, this was the worst. Yeah. Do you have anything else for this chapter? No, both falls asleep. We're boring. Okay, then I'll finish us off with just one more little pinch of sexism. Oh! Just before falling asleep, Bella and Bo comment on the fact that immortality seems to give the vampires eternal patience because Jessamine and Archie or Alice and Jasper don't seem to have the restlessness that our protagonist does and Bella says they didn't seem to want to run screaming out of the door the way that she did and instead of the urge to run screaming out the door Bo has the urge to punch holes in the wall. Oh no! Because women cope with their anxiety and stress by screaming and crying and men go to anger and violence because anger is the only emotion that men are encouraged to express. Well, do you remember, we did discover that men feel like if they express their emotions, it's like skinning the face off of their skull. Exactly. So really, if your option is punch this wall or have your face slowly skinned, Fine, you might choose to punch the wall. Oh, I didn't even... I, didn't, I don't think I even read that. I was just like, fine, fall asleep, bye. Hopefully, next chapter, the story continues a bit. Yeah. It was a good chapter, though. It was a good chapter without Bo. Okay. What's your best bit? Uh, my favourite bit <laughs> is Archie's backstory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Archie's backstory sounds like arching your back. <laughs> I think Bo likes to tell an Archie backstory. And I put the dark mystery of Jessamine. I can't believe you like that. My fan fiction spinoff will be called the dark mystery of Jessamine. (laughs) What was your favourite bit? Yeah, similar. Just nice to learn more about the Cullens. Like all the little bits that we learn about Archie, Jessamine, Royal, Kareen. Love it. But now I also want to add... Just stealing a plane. Because <laughs> I didn't think about it. Yeah. That's great. Worst point. Bo being stupid. What I've actually written is Bo being stupid on page 322. So let me just see what that means. Ah, it's the bit where he's like, if I become a vampire, I'll have to leave my family and that will make me really sad. <laughs> Why does Edith not want me to know about this? 
Because hmm. it shouldn't be an option. You shouldn't have to choose between her and your family. That's why. She's being decent. Obviously, we had all this with Bella and Edward. And ultimately, of course, I come down on the side of the line that is let them decide for themselves. Yeah. It should be their choice. But it is not unreasonable and it's certainly not unfathomable that your other half does not want to put you through the pain of watching all your friends and family die slowly over time. That's nice. What was your least favourite bit? Uh, so originally I put we're just point blank refuse Jessamine's story. Ooh, okay, mm. wow, wow. Mm. This doesn't happen often when my favourite bit is actually your least favourite. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a very valid response. I totally see it. I think just because I've been loving this version of Cullen's, I'm like, I want more of this. Yeah. I want less of Bo. It's a good point. It's a very good point. But then I, I appreciate your point. It is kind of like, yeah, fuck you, Bo. See, we have come back from this break nice. See how understanding we are? We are good people. <laughs> See each other's point of views. Trust me, next week you'll be like, you're wrong! (laughs) (laughs) Burning question time. Burn me with your question. I have two that I'm going to ask you, and then you can decide which one you actually want to answer for the actual podcast. Okay. Do you think Jessamine actually likes Bo? And then the next one was, what's Jessamine's origin story? If Archie had arrived a day early, <laughs> she would have killed him. Like, what is the, what the fuck is the origin story? Tell me, I want to know so badly. Wow. But maybe we should go with the first question. <laughs> well, the first question is much easier, but the second question is much more interesting. Mm. I just don't know if I have an answer. Mm. I think that Jessamine has not decided whether or not she likes Archie. Bo. Bo. She has decided that she does like Archie. <laughs> that I she knows. So. Yeah. Without Archie, she wouldn't be able to shave her armpits. <laughs> Jessamine has not decided whether or not she likes Bo. Mm. She knows that Bo will be Archie's best friend. So she she likes him for Archie. Mm. But in terms of spending all this time in a hotel room with this fool, I think she's like... Mm. Let me kill him, please. Let me eat him a little bit. No, see, I don't think she's going that far. She's not ready to throw away her whole like newfound philosophy for him. But Archie wouldn't tell. God, I'd love an alternate reading of this where actually Archie and Jessamine have not been vegetarians this whole time, and they're just because they're the smartest ones in the family. They've been secretly. Ah! They've lured Bo. They've hired Joss, and they've been finding a way to keep their eyes yellow this whole time. Interesting. But yes, um, she's undecided. I like that. Yeah, I think she is. Yeah. I think she is undecided. And in terms of her backstory, I don't know. It's mm. so complicated. Oh, I know, because the whole Confederate army thing is obviously gross. Yeah. But I do think there needs to be some kind of military background. I've been reading some Black Widow comics recently, because I'm looking forward to the movie. So maybe taking full inspiration from the backstory of Black Widow. Maybe she was kind of groomed and trained as some kind of spy, assassin type thing. Some kind of brainwashing, some kind of training to become like a weapon. A lot less Wild West, (laughs) a lot more espionage, Bond, super villain, spy, thriller. Okay, that can satisfy me for now. Thank you for joining us for chapter 20 of Life and Death. 
Join us next week for chapter 21, Phone Call. You can find us on social media by searching at Forkscast. And you can rate, review and subscribe to What the Forks wherever you listen. Until next time, take care. And remember, just stole a plane.